for some pro wrestling punditry here in this new decade that we are in. It is me, your managing editor of Wrestling Inc., Nick Hausman, back to host the latest episode of The Winkly, and I am joined here as I am just about every Thursday by my very good friend, Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to The Winkly. Happy Thursday, Thursday to you, Nicholas. Yes, yes. Well, yes, it was like we had a Thirsty Tuesday this year because of New Year's Eve. So this is a relative. This is going to be a very dry Thursday for me, oddly enough. You do you. I'm doing me. Uh, well, we're going to be uh, doing our thing here. We're going to talk the news of the day here in just a second. Uh, but after the news here, we have another brand new interview for you here today. Uh, this one comes from our own Andy Malnoski, who recently had a chance to catch up with Homicide. Uh, this is a video interview, so we're going to play the audio for you here today. If you enjoy it or you just want to watch Homicide be Homicide, you can just go, go over to our YouTube channel as well. Watch the full interview there. Uh, share it around. Spread it around. Show Andy some love uh, and homicides of love here today. Uh, but let's get to it here. News you can use. News that'll leave a bruise. Uh, just before we got in the air, Justin, uh, as you had noted yesterday, I was a little rough around the gills due to the champagne I had imbibed. I did a bit of the bubbly uh, here uh, for New Year's Eve. Uh, but uh, I did last night. I got to relax. I, I dropped into my couch and I turned on AEW Dynamite. And my expectations were very high for this show, Justin, because uh, they were there wasn't really a whole lot going on over on NXT. So they had the night and um, they had so much criticism coming out of that last episode with the Dark Order standing tall. They really had to deliver with last night's show. Would you agree, Justin? Uh, yeah, on all for all the reasons you just uh, listed, yeah. Okay, well, let's get to some of the things they did on last night's show because I thought that last night's show did help them uh, firmly get back on the tracks. So there was a lot I liked last night on, on last night's show. Uh, first of all, I wanted to talk about Taz joint commentary alongside Jim Ross and Excalibur. Uh, I like Tony Schiavone a whole lot. Very nice man. Uh, he's He's good in the booth as well, but it is hard to argue, man. I thought that was uh, just a banger of a performance that Taz put in with JR and Excalibur last night on the show. Yeah, Taz did great. Um, you know, he picked up, uh, you know, right where he last left off the last time we heard him on commentary on television. I know he's done some, uh, I know he did some, he's done some AEW dark already, but um, he, he just adds a, he adds a great, you know, insight uh, from, from his time in the ring. Uh, he, you know, he's, he's got a lot of credibility in the ring, but he's also then been on the microphone for so many years, both, you know, retiring, I guess, somewhat early from the ring. And then he's, you know, going on and he does, you know, radio and podcasting, uh, you know, like five days a week. So he's just, he's just, he's a really good communicator. So, I mean, who, who better with, with those microphone and broadcasting uh, reps that he's gotten in the last 20 years, combined with all the in-ring reps that he's had in his in-ring career, he just makes for a great color commentator. Yeah, agreed. And, and I don't know what you do here, you know, cause I, and maybe sometimes you get Taz, maybe sometimes you get Shivani, you know, that's fine. But I just I really like Taz in the booth. I mean, I, I like I like Jim Ross there. I like Excalibur there too. I like that there is a young guy in the room who's so different that actually knows the performers in the ring. I don't think you can do four man. I was like, well, do you do two sets of two, hour one, hour two? That seems weird too. Uh, it's just a deep bench they've got right now in commentary over at AEW. Yeah, I don't think you overcomplicate it, and I don't think you pull a nitro where you have different commentary teams uh, through the hours. Uh, a four-man team definitely would be too much in the booth. Um, I, I just think you you just it's a good problem to have. It's nice to know that you can interchange things just to spice it up a little bit. I mean, I think we could all agree a lot of times on WWE commentary just you know just spice it up sometimes and and and, and rearranging now that you know that all of these guys can work well together. 
Um, you know, it's, it's a good problem to have. It's good for when, you know, if, if they do expand programming and at some point, whether that's another weekly show or whether that's, um, you know, whatever it is, it's, it's good to have the depth that they do. And again, the fact that all of them seem to be able to work together, uh, that's the key. Cause you can have a lot of broadcasters, but if, 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 if the, if the chemistry is, is, um, is isolated to just certain pairings and that, that, that handcuffs you when you're trying to put, put people out there, but uh, it's great to have depth. Yeah. So. Uh- Depth they have. Uh, we had another debut on AEW Dynamite last night. Arn Anderson officially debuted as Cody's head coach. Now, there was some discrepancy, I felt like, on commentary exactly about what Arn's role is. Is he the head coach for all of the Rhodes family members or, or just Cody's? I was a little confused. Well, I think it is for the for the family, for the team nightmare, for the, whatever, you know, I think that's how they worded it. And then actually later on when Dustin had his match with Sammy, right. Dustin, uh, did a, an, a double, a, did a spine buster and, uh, and somebody on commentary might've been, it was either Excalibur Taz. One of them said, well, there you go. Aaron Anderson kind of coach, coaching the family. And there's, there's Dustin pulling that out. So I think he is kind of the, the leader of the, of, of that family faction. Okay. Interesting. That what a, what a faction it is. There's like a faction within a faction, if you layer in Brandy's Nightmare Collective, so anyway, yeah, I don't know how that. <laughs> like, <laughs> could you picture? Could you could you picture Arn having a having a strategy chat with Kong, <laughs> uh, or Melody Cruz for that matter? Who actually I'm sure would, would be very receptive. But uh, anyway, regardless of all of the Game of Thronesness of the Rhodes family at the moment, uh, Arn Anderson did debut in, in Cody's corner as the head coach, helped Cody pick up the win over Darby Allen. Uh, this took up about the entire ha- first half hour of the show from the pre-match vignette with Darby Allen uh, skateboarding down the street wearing the cutout of Cody's face to him doing the uh, quasi-us horror movie opener there. Uh, I, I, I can't say enough how much I enjoyed the first half hour of Dynamite last night. I think Darby, there's just something about him. He, he oozes star power. Uh, I don't think it hurts him one iota to have stood toe-to-toe with Cody the way he did. And, and still have, have picked up a loss. Um, and Arn Anderson, dude, like, we're, we've both worked as managers. You know, there's uh, there's something about the little things Arn's doing, the the scouting report notes. Uh, just, it feels different. It, it feels new. He feels more like a, a, a coach and less like a cartoony-type manager. I just, I thought everything in this first hour of the, half hour of the show clicked. I just, I thought Arn was great in this role. And I thought Darby looked really good too. Yeah, I mean they rolled out the first <clears throat> the first quarter of the show pretty well. Um, I agree with what you said. You know, Darby's, you know, and I, I, at times at the times there can be critique of the size of some of the performers in AEW. I have that critique with Rio, which we'll get to maybe, and and I have you know, th- there's times that I have that. And of course, you know, Marco Stunt and such gets gets flack. You know, Darby when he stands next to Cody, and Cody is very Cody is. Uh, Cody is in shape. He has, a, he has a really good physique, but Cody is not, he's not what we'd call in the business a big man. Uh, but even when Darby is next to Cody, Darby looks just noticeably smaller. Um, but Darby Allen has been able to make me forget and completely look past his size. You know, it's, it's, you know, I mean, obviously he's, if you put him next to Jeff Hardy, he's, he's smaller than Jeff Hardy, but he has that Jeff Hardy factor that Jeff Hardy had 20 years ago where it's just like, you just you believe the guy it's going to take you know it, it's going to take damn near killing the guy for him to stay down um yeah i like the presentation of him and then and then yeah arn you know arn you know i like i again i agree i like the presentation of him being more of a coach it's kind of more of a sport kind of thing you know he you know he he covered his mouth to give uh give give cody some you know some notes right there in the middle of the match he he was tapping his knee to to try to 
signal Cody to use the knees to counter, which led to the finish. And I know that the 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 argument towards this is like, you know, Cody's a veteran. Why does he need a coach? And my response to that is it's no different than, you know, you can be a boxer who's been a veteran for 20 years, but you still need that corner man who's there to be able to be that extra set of eyes, especially when you're in the 12th round and you've been, you've had your brains beaten in and somebody might need to remind you, Hey, get that, get that, you know, drop that shoulder, lift this, do that, whatever. Um, so I, I think this presentation is nice for where the story is. The fact that Cody's had to overcome some obstacles. He's not really on the top of his game at the moment. Uh, having, you know, he's been betrayed by MJF. He's had to deal with the, the blade, the butcher and the bunny. He's got all of this going on. Um, I think it's a nice way to use Arn Anderson for sure. And then it leaves tons of potential down the road for what happens. I mean, obviously Arn could turn on him. Uh, you know, they, you know, somebody could take Arn hostage. And, you know, I mean, there's, there's so much that could be done. So I, I'm, I'm all for this. And I thought the first half hour, yeah, it was a real, a real strong way for them to start. And they needed it, especially because they were virtually unopposed by NXT being that NXT was doing a recap show. Yeah. And well, uh, you know, you brought up Rio earlier. Uh, she was part of that first hour of the show where she defended her title in a fatal four-way match. Uh, I thought this was the best showcase uh, for the women in AEW so far. Uh, I loved Nyla's intensity. I thought the post-match attack was great. Um, and next week we're going to get Rio versus Kristen Statlander uh, for the AEW Women's Championship. And uh, I don't know if you know the story behind this, but, you know, Kristen was supposed to get the title shot this week, but she had a bar wrestling show, I believe, that she was also booked for. So she had to go do that. And now they're going to give her the title shot next week. Uh, and that's why they did the fiddle forward this week. So regardless how we got there, I really enjoyed this bout as well. And um, yeah, I, I, Rio hasn't grabbed me as the first AEW women's champion yet. I don't know if it's because there's the language barrier and I can't relate to her uh, so much. Or is it the size thing where I don't find her believable? I'm not really sure. But they do seem to be putting a lot of investment here into Chris Statlander. Um, and she's got, a, she's got a much more tangible gimmick, I think, that the fans can sink their teeth into and have fun with, if that makes sense. Yeah, it might be a cultural thing. It might be the way that, you know, you, you need to act or the way wrestling is presented in Japan. I'm not sure. I'm not an expert on Japanese wrestling, so I'm not going to. But, but the thing, it's just the entire presentation with Rio. She, she does not she does not come off to me. It's not even not it's not even that she it's not even a language thing. I can. You know, I can get by, uh, I, I, you know, because I, I look at, you know, I look at performers like Asuka and, and Shinsuke Nakamura, who both speak English, but that's not like, that's not like their forte as their character in, in the ring. They're not doing it a lot of promos. They have, you know, they, they speak with their body language. Rio just doesn't even do that. She, to me, she doesn't even look like she's confident to be the champion. She's coming out, she's smiling, she's happy. Okay, that's great. She's a baby face. Great. It looks like she just doesn't even, she just looks scared. You know, you know, like I don't like like when Britt later in the, in the show, when Britt goes and like, you know, you know, cut that quick promo on her backstage. Rio just looked like the scared little girl, not 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 the champion of the freaking division yeah. who this is mine. I'm the hunted. She just doesn't come off as believable at all. And then, you know, when especially it's highlighted when you put her next to the intensity of Nyla Rose or even put her next to the charisma um, and, 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 you know, and, and, and a, a Brit and Brit's trying to sho shove her hand into your mouth. It just Rio just does not come off as as what I would think is the champion who's going to plant her flag and, 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 and come get this title. You're going to have to pry from my cold, dead finger. She just does not give me that vibe at all. Uh, we also got some promo work from MJF. Uh, he announced uh, that he is going to take the match with Cody at AEW Revolution here in Chicago next month. Uh, the stipulations are that Cody cannot touch him uh, before the match. The match is off. And if Cody loses his match, he's never going to get to face MJF again. This was about as old school uh, filled with cheap heat as you could possibly get that MJF went out there. It actually seemed a little off from like some of the uh, promos I feel like he's done recently. Not that it was necessarily I don't know that it was bad, but it seemed 
far less polished, I think, than a lot of the promos we've done recently. And I don't know if that was a conscious choice or whatever, or if you even noticed what I'm talking about. No, I did. There was a lot more just like very, very cheap, just, you know, you people can't count and, and just to kind of little even even might, might repeat themselves a time or two. Right. But I don't think that I don't think it took away. I, in fact, I, I will give them credit that, um, again, because I, because I, I didn't switch over to NXT at all because I, I felt no reason to. So I, I watched every minute of AEW, even to when MJF, uh, as, as he's finishing his entrance, they, they cut to commercial into the picture in picture. And you can watch him with no sound just going around and, and just taunting everybody in the front row you know he even had he even got somebody's girlfriend to give him a kiss i mean he was really just getting just just getting all the the heat possible and it was great because then they came back um from the commercial and then they, they took the sound back from AEW, and, and and the place was just was just boiling over chanting you know negative things at him so yeah this was this is good i mean this is this is a probably you know the most enjoyable story i would say uh, AEW's got going, and they have several good ones. So this that that that's a compliment to this story with MJF and, and Cody. Yeah, agreed. Uh, and uh, we've got the continuation here. Uh, John Moxley, uh, he's going to decide if he's going to join Inner Circle next week on Dynamite. He was confronted by Sammy Guevara, and you talk about fun stuff to do a commercial. His love actually bit with the cue cards, where he was like trying to hit up women, and uh, he was taunting Dustin Rhodes with the giant cue cards. Brilliant, man. This was this this felt fun to me. That kind of stuff. And this is another one with Sammy. Um, you know, when you put him next to Dustin, who's you know Dustin six foot six and big guy, and even next to you know Sammy Sands next to Jericho. I mean, Sammy's a, Sammy's just he's a, he's a considerably smaller, but he's 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 completely been able to to push that aside and be larger than life uh, with things like the cue cards. And obviously, he performs in the ring, uh, you know, and does some phenomenal things. So, yeah, an, another uh, another good week for Sammy Guevara and, and the showing uh, that 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 he had. Yeah, that was a really badass car that Jericho offered Moxley too. That that Ford GT is nice, beautiful. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I'm not a car expert, but I mean, he said that it's the most expensive car uh, in America. So, uh, I mean, I mean, I know you floated the idea a few weeks ago, and I thought you sounded insane, but I'm actually kind of considering it. It would be interesting. I mean, Jer- you know, Moxley, you know, is is putting it off till next week, so he's presumably going to think about it, think about the offer. Right. It could be. I mean, we we have until the end of February to kill here time, so it would be interesting if he did for a week or two or three. Yeah, I'll try this whole inner circle thing, and he's just kind of like half asses it on purposely, basically just to infiltrate the group. And, and you know, and he, he drives the car and he wrecks the car. This great present they just chip millions of dollars into, and he stands outside of the ring for a Jericho match like Hager would, but he tries to stand and look dominant. But he, I, I don't know, I, I think I think that there would be some. I, I know Moxley was very against the the bad comedy that WWE wanted him to do, but I could see this being some good comedy if they chose of him him trying to, the inner circle. Obviously, always knowing the back of his head that he's just going to go in there and try to just destroy them from within. Theoretically, Moxley and Jericho have common enemies, right? Like, Moxley's whole thing is, like, AEW doesn't get him. They hold him back. Jericho wants to create chaos. I can, I, I, I mean, I can put the, the pieces together. I know you're saying it's, like, a temporary thing. I don't know if it'd be long-term or not. But, um, yeah, that, hmm. Uh, well, on the other side, the other faction we've got in AEW, or one of the other factions, the Elite, we got tension teased between them and Adam Page on the show last night. Uh, the Elite picked up the victory in the main event. They called Page to the ring because he was on commentary. He didn't want to come out. They talked a whole bunch about it on commentary, how he's not getting along and his, uh, get along with the group. And as part of it, Page is drinking more, right? He's, he's becoming like a drunk, and he's, he's falling out with his friends, right? That's, I'm kind of summing that up, right? Correctly? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> okay, now here's the thing. Now I don't want to. I don't want to be you know poo pooey here or anything like that. But 
anytime I see this stuff where alcoholism is like used as a is a is a technique or a storyline device, it does make me it, it it makes me clam up a bit. Now I I will give this a chance here because I just I have no idea what they're doing or where they're going with it. But anytime that alcoholism has been brought into pro wrestling historically, uh, from the stuff with Hawk or with Scott Hall, uh, it is it has never really been remembered well even jake roberts jake roberts the hardy stuff so i'm just i i you know it was a great show last night it was one of the only things that kind of made me clam up but i don't i don't know man if alcoholism is a route that i would be using as a plot device right now i and and again i don't know where they're going i'll give it a chance but that's that was just my initial takeaway watching this play out well i just figured eventually hangman page is going to join the dark order and the only way he's going to join the dark order is he's going to get drunk enough he's going to accidentally uh you you know enroll I don't know. I need to get my life. I need to turn around. I'm going to join the Dark Order. That's a good idea. Those guys seem cool. I like them. Um, All right. And last but not least, it was announced on AEW Dynamite that next week's uh, episode is going to be a special tribute to Memphis Wrestling episode. Uh, How do you do that without Jerry Lawler, man? And you're not going to get Jerry, I don't think, because he's going to be over on Raw. Just very, very odd that they would go this hard with this one, I feel like. Yeah, so who? I mean, granted, Jerry Lawler kind of does what he wants to do and says what he wants to say on his podcast, and he, you know, he still works independent shows, so he has like some of the most, you know, he has he has probably some of the loosest restraints of anybody that's been with WWE for you know almost but almost over twenty five years. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't he's not going to show up at AEW, but so who else? Who else from Memphis? Right? I mean, uh, I guess well, I guess because you can't get Jeff Jarrett, I guess you can get Jerry Jarrett. Um, sure, sure, yeah. Like I'm trying to think who else I'm trying to think who else they could they could pull that would be, you know, significant for Memphis wrestling. That I mean, I guess, I mean, do do they do do they do they get Cornette? uh, (laughs) Yeah, maybe maybe Cornette. Maybe uh, I doubt they would take Cornette. Not with not with what's going on and knowing them and the way they've reacted with that stuff in the past. Uh, But you know, you could do a Kaufman nod. You know, I don't know. Maybe get Tony Clifton out there or something like that. You could do a Kaufman nod. I mean, it'd be great. I mean, it would be great if they brought Bill after there and, you know, wrestling journalist. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I thought about that. I was like, right, well, you can't get Lawler, and Lawler is Memphis wrestling. Yeah. Um, so it's like, yeah. How, how, how you, they had to have done this on purpose, right? And I don't I don't know what the – I mean, I, Lawler's on commentary for Raw. Unless he uh, Rick Rude's yeah. it, which I doubt. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Lawler's son is deceased, you know, so he can't. I, yeah, I don't. I mean, Jerry, Jerry Jarrett's really the only. You know, I think Memphis. I think Lawler, and I think Jerry Jarrett. It's just kind of what I think in terms of you know who controlled the territory. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see what they do. Uh, well, over on NXT uh, last night, uh, there was a recap show, but they did announce uh, the uh, brackets and the competitors for the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Uh, in the opening rounds, you're going to see uh, the NXT UK champions Gallus, uh, Wolfgang, and Mark Coffey. Uh, taking on the NXT Tag Team Champions, the Undisputed Eras, Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly. You'll also get uh, Imperium versus the Forgotten Sons, Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne versus Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster, and the Grizzled Young Veterans versus Kushida and Mystery Partner. No word yet on when the tournament's going to begin. Uh, any any predictions? You want to uh, look at the field here? Anybody you want to pick out of the, the crowd? Uh, well, I mean, it's hard to pick against the undisputed era of Roderick and Kyle not going to the finals. Right. I mean, I, I, I'm intrigued by Matt Riddle and Pete Dunn. I don't think they're going to go far because I don't think there's, I think, I think they're far more valuable as a singles competitor. So I think that they're maybe just a one-off, 
you know, just a one-off, but that, that just the pairing of them is intriguing to me because of their styles. You know, um, yeah, I don't know. This, this, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not overly excited for this at the moment. But I, I uh, wonder on paper. I wonder if, uh, and you know, you that's what you say. It's hard to bet against the undisputed era, but they're they're trying to make a harder push for the NXT UK stuff and trying to build that brand more. Maybe even at some point to try to fill the void that was left on the WWE network of NXT. So I, I wouldn't count Gallus out here. I feel like they're going to try to do more to build up the NXT UK brand here in 2020 to make it viable in the wake of what was once their other developmental territory. You know what I mean? Well, and if they don't, and if they want, if they, but if they want Roddy and Kyle to win and go deep, you could always, you could always go, if, but still factoring in what you're talking about, they could always go with Imperium. Yeah, you know? maybe. Um, well, let's get over here to everybody's favorite uh, story in pro wrestling at the moment, Lana's wedding. Uh, WrestlingNews.co reporting that Vince McMahon, uh, very happy with how the Raw segment uh, went. Now, the storyline uh, is reportedly planned to continue for several weeks, if not months, uh, and it noted that Vince has wanted to do more crazy stories like this, but he has to balance things out to satisfy people at USA and the sponsors. So, anyway, he got what he wanted this week, and the overrun did nice numbers, so Vince is in a good mood. Uh, this storyline could run until WrestleMania 36. Uh, it was noted that Liv was not originally supposed to be in the Lana Lashley storyline, but plans change as Paul Heyman wants to push her, so the decision was made to get her involved in the wedding program. Uh, the officials at WWE are thrilled with the YouTube numbers. Uh, they're hoping to see a ratings increase next week uh, as the follow-up for this angle uh, and the official begin of the Royal Rumble build is next week, and there will also be no NFL Monday Night Football starting next week as well. Uh, that doesn't come back to the fall. Uh, and lastly, they note that the Bulgarian brute is going to get a, a love interest of his own uh, that would uh, uh, hypothetically help him come out of this storyline looking good. So um, strap in, man. This, this this sounds like everything I was saying. I mean, this felt like a home run for, for my end for them on Monday night. And uh, if you're just going to go, if, if, the, if, if you're truly giving yourself complete creative freedom to just go any crazy, wacky, over-the-top, attitude error direction, well, yes, you can absolutely carry this on for months and do all kinds of wackiness. Does it burn itself on? Does it burn itself off? Does it burn itself out? Or do you think that this continues to build and become something that fans uh, grow to love even more, Justin? Uh, I, I guess it depends on how far they want to take it. I mean, you know, they're expecting, you know, they're expecting a big follow-up. You know, it's got, it did a lot. It's it just did well numbers-wise across the board, as you just mentioned. Yeah. Uh, they're expecting a good follow-up next week and, you know, no no NFL to combat with. But I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, I guess you've got to think that, pe- I mean, I guess people are going to tune in to see what, what is next. It's going to be just a case of where, where do they try to take this? Um you know, I, I I think it was Rusev and Lana. I think, or, or actually, it's hard to say because there's been so many marriage things. I don't remember if it was Rusev and Lana or if it was Mike and Maria. But earlier in 2019, there was like a there was a story going around that this was going to happen. And I think he even shot like one like invite. It was Mari Povich. Um, like it looked like they were going to like do a crossover with like Mari. And I think Mari even like shot something that like said like he, I don't remember who which story it was, or it was which the pregnancy. It was. it was the pregnancy storyline because it was because he's the yeah. you're the father guy. Yeah, you're the father, right? I mean, so I don't. I mean, you know, but I mean, you know, Mari's. I think Mari's show actually shoots in Stanford, so that's convenient. Uh, so I don't know if, if uh, you know, if there's if there's crossover there. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure what the goal is here. I, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm intrigued as we talked about yesterday. Um, I think they get you know, Jerry. We'll I think they get Jerry Springer, man. I mean, the crowd was chanting Jerry at this thing. And Jerry has obviously appeared for WWE in the past, and 
What's he doing right now? You know, I think they could get you. Uh, he al- he also well when when his show I, I think his show's done right, but his show was also in Stanford. Uh, they're also they're also up there. Yeah, he used to film here in Chicago for a time. He did. They all him him and and Steve Wilkos and Mari they all moved to Stanford. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true. So, uh, uh yeah, mm-hmm. we're gonna get the I think Maury, Jerry Springer, maybe get Judge Judy in there one week. You know, just get them all in. Get all the daytime shows involved here all at once. I think it'd be great. Um, it's just, I mean, I guess it's just what the goal is. I mean, I, I mean, I you know, I guess, I guess the, I mean, you think, okay, the, the, the logical payoff at some point is some kind of a mixed tag, right? I mean, cause you got male and female involved here. So you think that's some, at some point that's where we're going. You would um, think, you would think I so. guess. I, yeah. I don't know. You, well, you would think so. And on that note, uh, TV insider, our own Scott Fishman, by the way, uh, interviewed Lana. Uh, and, uh, she said that she is going to be wrestling again in 2020 and that she wants to be champion, Justin. Uh, she did wrestle at WrestleMania 35 in the Women's Battle Royal and in the 18-person match on the April 2nd SmackDown, but that was it for her in 2019 wrestling-wise. She also did not wrestle much in 2018 as well. So, Lana, you're right. Mixed tag match. I, I can see that doing very well uh, uh, around a couple loops, especially at the WWE Live events. Um, but, but champion. Lana, women's champion in this era. How do you think that'd be received, Justin? <laughs> <laughs> uh it would it would be met with with no shortage of opinions that's for sure hmm. um yeah i mean but I, but i also don't think that i mean i i mean i think if, if that's if that's really a goal of her that she wants to try to not just be you know an actor in the entertainment side if she actually wants to be able to get in the ring i'm, I'm sure she's probably putting some work in time to try to get better um <laughs> Yeah, well, we'll see. One this is hope. intriguing. I mean, I, I'd be lying if I said I didn't care. I do care. So. I know. And if you're Vincent and you're the guys in the back, you're like, look, this this is a woman who's drawing our best ratings. She's making us a lot of money right now. I I mean, I, I could I could see whether you'd be like, man, let's maybe we, we should put the title on it. Maybe I don't know. If, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. We'll see. Uh, well, speaking of relationship troubles, uh, BJ Whitmer, current AEW producer, has shared the following statement on Twitter. Uh, he says, I have a personal statement to make. My wife, Kelly Klein, and I are divorcing. This is happening because Kelly breached the trust in our relationship by stepping outside of our marriage. This is the only thing I have to say about the matter. This has been a very difficult time for myself and my family. News of our split was already spreading around the business, and I wanted to make a statement before it made it to social media or wrestling media kelly klein uh of course has been wrapped up in the all the joey mercury drama over on ring of honor which bj actually stepped into about a month ago uh in her defense uh and kelly is the current ring of honor women's champion uh this is a uh yeah man i feel very bad for bj especially because like yeah he publicly stepped up for her like within the last month when it came to the concussion stuff that joey mercury was uh spreading around there about her and ring of honor yeah, I mean, you feel bad, obviously, because we're going from we're going from joking about numbers galore for a, you know, just affairs and and, and cheating and all kinds of stuff, and, and the whole wedding stuff with Lana, Lashley, Rusev, what have you, and it's all for entertainment. Um, and then now we transition into real life to, into a to a real situation that's happened. So you feel bad and for them. Uh, I yeah, one thing. So a couple things that caught me. One, I, um, I wasn't aware of this, so this was news when he put the statement out. One thing that called me was, you know, wow, is the timing like Kelly's been in the headlines because of the controversy that that's being dealt with with Ring of Honor management. So just the, just the timing, I don't know if if if, if <laughs> I don't know if there's anything. I don't know if one has anything to do with the other one, but it was just, just the timing was one thing. 
Um, but you know, the way what, what BJ said is he, he made mention, I mean, obviously it's going to be news. It's going to get picked up because it's two people in the wrestling business that are married. So that's, but the way he just worded it and said, like, you know, it was already going around the wrestling business, like you know, rumors and, and what have you, that, that, that to me, and then I'm just completely speculating, so completely speculated. When I read it, my first initial thought was in the breaking of the trust, did it involve, is somebody else in the wrestling business involved in, and, and, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it was 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 there, was there cheating that went on with somebody else in the business? I don't know. So, yes. bottom line, don't know the details. Um, but it just when I read it, I was just it was heavy. I was like, oh, this this is not uh, you know, not a not a comforting thing to read. Uh, so, but you know, I guess probably a good good move by him just put the statement out there before anybody else can make up anything else or, or put words in his mouth. Just make your statement and you know, hopefully handle your business privately and people people respect the. Uh, privacy yeah um and uh we also have a, a interview here that ray mysterio did with sports kita uh during the interview he noted that he is hoping his son dominic is ready to start wrestling in 2020 now uh one of my favorite moments from 2019 uh was being there at survivor series seeing ray mysterio and dominic hit that double 619 uh it was uh just it, to be there live and to, to see it play out was very cool he's got a much different look than his dad um he's still really young um, and when he says ready to start wrestling in 2020, I don't know if that really means even in WWE, um, uh, he could theoretically start wrestling, you know, outside of WWE to get some reps in before coming in. But um, strike while the iron's hot. I mean, people seem to be ready for him. I think when he's ready, you know, um, I I'd let him rip. Maybe an NXT for us. It'd be cool to see him kind of have to go through the ranks just like everybody else. Yeah, I would definitely go the route of getting reps outside of WWE. Experience life outside of WWE. Experience the different styles and the different paying their dues um before you because you know you're gonna have a target and you're gonna have expectation you're, you're the son of, of one of the greats ever um obviously you're not built like him so well, you know nobody should be expecting nobody should expect him to be you know a, a sequel but yeah i would get out of wb i would i would i would get as much reps as you can knowing you're ray mysterio's son wwe will always be an option there will always be an opportunity there wait until you truly are ready to seize that opportunity um that's just that's just me, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, but you know, look, I I know he's been training with Booker T. I know he's been training with Conan. I know he's been training for a while, right? And I look at what the Von Erich kids did, um, and they went over to Japan and did some some other stuff as well. But they were very much like their dad wanted to make sure they were very seasoned before they got let loose, really on a big uh, national American stage. And you look over at what they're doing in MLW right now, and I think it's some of the best stuff that the the, the, the product has at the moment. So. Uh, I don't know that Dominic is. I don't know. His his dad would obviously know better than anybody. But I, I could see the merits and just dropping him into the, the developmental system early and, and watching him organically grow in, in front of all of our eyes, you know, in front of the camera. I think, that, I, think, I think there's something cool to that, you know? I'll be interested to see how he is on the mic, you know, how he develops on the mic. Because obviously Ray was never known for, you know, because Ray didn't really need to. Ray was just such the underdog. Obviously, for so many years, he was behind a mask. So Ray never had to be the best talker. That wasn't what paid the bills for him. So I'll be, you know, and what we've seen at Dominic obviously been very limited. It's and it's been in the capacity of being the, you know, being the son who's for a lot of a lot of it was watching his father get, um, get you know get get beat up in some in some situations. So he hasn't really had to deliver much other than just some family heartfelt "I love you, Dad" kind of lines. So I'll be really interested to see what kind of personality he has or develops uh, and what his gimmick is. Again, I mean, are you going to put a mask on him and and let him? Just acknowledge he's raised son and, and and be a man. I don't know. You know, I, I mean that that's what that's what to me. I'm I'm sure you know the bell to bell stuff. Yeah, he's got some of the the best trainers you you can ask for. You know, he got he's got his father. He's got you, know, you said Conan Booker T. So I'm not worried about him picking up the the bell to bell. I'm 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 
more interested in what he does in between those moves. What, he, what does he do to, to, to talk me into the building? That, that'll, be, um, that'll be what I'd watch for. Uh, Sammy Callahan uh, took to Twitter in the last 24 hours to debut the new Impact Wrestling Championship. Uh, it is a black, red, and gold color scheme that separates from the black, blue, and gold color scheme that it had before. Looks a lot like the old title. Uh, it should be noted that they uh, kind of moved away from the blue colors to the red colors when they move, made the move away from Pop TV uh, over to Access TV. So I would imagine this is just to kind of keep everything in, uh, in brand synergy. But he'll defend that title against Tessa Blanchard at Hard to Kill in Dallas uh, in two weeks' time, right around the corner. Good stuff. Yeah. And uh, lastly here, MLW uh, has announced that they have signed uh, Mark Haggerty to a multi-year deal as their uh, new ring announcer. I just want to bring that up because uh, we want to wish Mark congratulations. Mark has actually been doing some social media work for us here uh, recently on the site. He's going to have to step away to uh, uh, focus on, on what he's doing with MLW now. But he's been great to work with. Big fan of Mark. Do you know Mark at all? You, you familiar with Mark Haggerty? I know who he is. Uh, he and I, to the best of my knowledge, I've never met. No. Well, there you go. He's a good guy, and uh, we're just sending Mark congratulations. WrestlingInc.com. It was Excites' big night tonight with the Fight Club edition here in the Oakdale Mall in Johnson City. Here at the legendary Homicide. And uh, Homicide, what a night it was today. Obviously, came out and sorted into the stick, but talk about tonight working for Excite. Very excited to come from um, New York City. It's like coming back home, you know. Um, I used to do 20, 30, 40,000 people solid arenas but it's great coming back something like this you know for a great company and uh, for a great cause you know i'm really thrilled and happy to be here kim lose short but i'll be back next time yes sir no doubt about it you will be back and you know reflect on your career you, you've been in so many promotions you know ring of honor impact you name it and what do you reflect on most fondly about your career and being in it for so long I'm just very humble. I, I can't believe I'm still here. Um, my friends always tell me that I should have been in jail or I should have been in the graveyard. But I'm still here. Uh, professional wrestling is my passion. I loved it when I was five years old. I always remember when I told my parents that I'm going to become a pro wrestler, they laughed at me. They say, get a job. That's not a real job. Right now, I got toys, I got video games. I went all over the world. My passport is full of stamps. And of course, I go back to Brooklyn, see my mother and my father, and be like, hey, Ma, what's up now? Yeah. I remember you told me that this is not a job. Well, this is a great job. All I do is do my thing, write a contract, get paid, support my family and friends, and go home yeah. and live the dream. Yeah, keep living it too, no doubt about it. Certainly here in Binghamton, you've been doing it. And you know, our next question here is, you know, AEW is certainly a big promotion that's starting to, to really take off. And, you know, Santana and Ortiz, uh, some of your uh, understudies, so to speak, you know, yeah. uh, how proud are you of them and, and their work over there? I mean, they just basically tattooed the uh, <laughs> Rock and Roll Express. Yeah, I mean, um, I got two kids. I got a, I got a 22-year-old boy and a 12-year-old daughter. Mm. I consider my students my, my kids. Those two guys, I'm so proud of them. I'm, um, in wrestling, those are my kids. And what they're doing right now, every Wednesday, TNT, kick your butts, represent. They are proud and they're powerful. And I'm so proud of the accomplishments, what they're doing right now. And the scary thing is, that I told them, this is the beginning. Yeah. It's more years to come. And they just started. And right now, they're on fire. Yeah. Hey, what was your first reaction to that uh, Rock and Roll Express through the, uh, you know, the stage? 
I was kind of through and happy because the Rock and Roll Express, especially Ricky Morton, I grew up watching the Rock and Roll Express. When I do tag teams with Hernandez and Eddie Kingston, I always say I'm Latino, Ricky Morton. And when I saw my boys, proud and powerful, doing that, power bumped them, Ricky Morton to that stage, I was thrilled. I was yeah. happy. They come from New York City. You know, the running cop killer finisher. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> is that as it sounds, you think? It, 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 to me, and it's, it's ridiculous in a good way. Um, the run the cop killer, it was just more like a freestyle. I just did it just off the bat. Right. I told the gentleman, I'm going to give you my finisher, but I'm going to run with it. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know. It was just one of those, like, those days, like, yeah. just brave fart. And right. I'm going to do something I never did, and I did it. And it became something special, I guess. Yeah, it really did. And it's one of the most anonymous moves of yeah. greatness in wrestling. And, uh, you know, discuss your future. Uh, what's next for you? Well, um, my idol is Terry Funk. And everybody knows that Terry Funk retired like 14 times. And I've been saying it for the longest. I'm done. I'm done. Wrestling is my passion. Um, but officially, a couple of days ago in Facebook, I announced that the year 2020 is going to be my last year. And it's my body telling me, because I've been doing this for 25 years, no breaks. I did every style of wrestling. I feel that I need to spend time with my family. And in the future, I want to be a coach. I want to be a producer. I want to yeah. make people, you know. Right. So if NXT, WWE, All right. Wrestling, right. every major company, if you're watching this, I will be the best coach in the future. Trust me on that. Right on. No doubt about it. Full support for Havasad. And, you know, the last quick thing is you talk about some of these promotions and working with Impact and Ring of Honor. I mean, everyone remembers you from those promotions. And what do you remember most about them? I mean, it's such an honor to work for them. Well, at Ring of Honor, I want to be part of that group. You know, that group that everybody talks about, like the AJ Styles, the Samoa Joes, the CM Punks, the Daniel Bryan. And I always remember when I won the world title, uh, 2006 in New York City, I became that elite force. I, I became that team. Um, then my name just skyrocketed. And after that, joining TNA Wrestling, I enjoyed traveling the world, facing legends like the Dudley Boys, people like Bill Money, you know, Bobby Roode and James Storm, and meeting people that I met Derek Jeter, who's one of my heroes yeah. in wrestling, I mean, in baseball. Awesome. But um, TNA has shown me another groundbreaking of a corporation-style professional wrestling, and I'm very thrilled and happy to become a member of Total Nonsense Action and also Ring of Honor, because Ring of Honor, after ECW closed down, here comes Ring of Honor, and I'm grateful and blessed that I was part of that team. In Homicide, you know, one of the things, we're going to end it out like this. We've always loved the way you've cut promos for many, many years. <laughs> Nobody better than Homicide here, certainly with uh, WrestlingInc.com. But uh, if you want to say something to some people that are watching this thing out right now, what do you say? Well, uh, first of all, yo soy el futuro de lucha libre. El futuro ya llegó. My name is Notorious 27 Homicide. I'm the Latin Frank White. I'm more than a coach, more than a manager, more than a producer, and of course, more than a fighter. I am professional wrestling 187. I am one of the greats, just like Terry Funk, Manny Fernandez, and Bruce Brody. Yo soy el Homicidio. Ole, vida, 187.
There it is. Homicide here in Binghamton, New York for WrestlingInc.com. Homicide, I want to say thank you so much for taking the time. Well, thank you so much. Hey, I'm sorry that I'm sweating, had a match, <laughs> and I lost. But hey, I'm always a winner. I'm going to come back. But thank you for having thank me. Thank you. Homicide, thank you very much. You. For WrestlingInc.com, we'll check it out with Homicide. Thank you, Justin, for joining me at the top of the show to talk the news of the day. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in for another episode of The Winkly. We'll be back next Tuesday. I'll be in the saddle uh, riding with Michael Weissman. It's the first official work week of the new decade, everybody. We're going to hit it hard. I already have a couple big interviews in the tank. I'm very excited to let them loose. Uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, I can just announce it right now. On Tuesday, uh, I, I'm going to release my interview I did with Jake the Snake Roberts. That's how I closed out my 2019. I did this interview with Jake six hours. Yeah, I know. There's an 18-wheeler outside honking his horn. Big Jake Roberts fan outside. Jake Roberts is going to be here on Tuesday, Justin. Or it's Diesel. I love Jake Roberts. Yeah, Big, and, Big Jake the Snake fan. and it was crazy, too, because I'm here in the last six hours of 2019 with Jake the Snake Roberts, and I'm like, so looking back on this past decade, how, how was this for you? And you think about where he was at the beginning of this decade mm-hmm. in 2010 to where he is right now, and, I mean, Justin, you could not have gotten a more insightful, retrospective moment in time with jake roberts and the answer he gives to me that for that you know uh, i can't wait to hear well i mean just to think like you're getting ready to ring in a new year you're hours away from ringing in a you know new decade new year 2020 yeah. and like you know go, go back to the late 90s watching you know the documentary you know watching beyond the mat watching even the the in, in the early 2000s the wwe documentary that they did on jake like i mean i, I i'm sure he says it or would tell you like Nobody expected him to still be alive in 2020. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Not, not, not only that, he's a WWE. He became a WWE Hall of Famer in this decade and uh, was part of one of the original wave of WWE guys to help get AEW over. He's part of all their vignettes he did early on. So uh, mm, this one's a banger, guys. You're going to want to tune in. So that'll be on Tuesday. Uh, and, of course, this uh, Sunday, uh, the 5th, uh, at like 8 o'clock in the morning, something like that, Whenever uh, Wrestle Kingdom 14 Night 2 wraps up, head over to our YouTube channel. Uh, Michael Weissman, Jesse Collings are going to be doing the post-show wrap-up for Wrestle Kingdom 14. Uh, the audio will be released via our iTunes account uh, shortly after they wrap over on YouTube. So go give us a like uh, or a subscription, a five-star rating for the Wrestling Inc. audio channel on iTunes as well. Justin, anything you want to plug promote, put over here before we wrap up the show today? Give me a follow at Justin Labar. And I, I do have a personal, uh, uh, if there are any good uh, airbrush artists, any good airbrush artists in the United States, I'd like to keep it in, in the country here, uh, hit, hit me up at Justin Labar. I might have uh, some some work for you. Go to go to your local Six Flags. Go to your local amusement park. That's where all the airbrush artists work. I I, I don't have a Six Flags near me. Go, go, go to Ren Fair. I don't know. Those are the places I think of when I think of airbrushing. Rinfair? Maybe not Rinfair, but... The, the, look, the boardwalks are shut down right now. I, just, I need an airbrush artist. Give me, get somebody, somebody, somebody hit me up. Okay. Airbrush okay. artist. Airbrush artist. Uh, well, I'm at Wink Rebel over on Twitter. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.